Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another amazing episode of the Power Women in Insurance podcast. My name is Teresa Kitchens, and I am your host. And today we are talking to Catherine out of Miami. And you know what? She is a personal lines insurance queen. She is the master, and we are thrilled to be able to have her on today. And she is with John Galt Insurance, like I said, out of Miami. So it's that whole Florida thing. It's personal lines. It's lots of good people and culture and amazing ability to be able to connect with clients and being able to build the rapport. So that's what we're chit-chatting about a little bit today and who knows where it's going to end up at. But Catherine, welcome to the podcast and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Teresa, for having me and for the invitation. I know anybody that I meet through Sierra at the bunker are just amazing people that I usually get along really, really well with and get into really cool conversations about insurance most of the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we have been introduced through Ciara, who is a good friend of mine um, out of um, Florida as well. She is more on the commercial lines and she's with the bunker. She's been on the podcast uh, a couple of times. So we're thrilled to be able to have you on as well. And when she and made that connection between you and I, she just mentioned that you are just a rock star, just knocking it out of the ballpark. And I would love to know, how did you get involved in insurance and what do you really love about it? So let's kind of start there. So insurance was never something that even crossed my mind ever to be involved in. I had just returned from Colombia, where I'm originally from. I was there and I came back to the U.S. and I knew I wanted to get a job, you know, in hospitality. Being in Florida is just what produces first. And but I knew it wasn't going to be what I wanted to do long term. So quickly I started making connections and. I'm very good with creating new relationships with people and just really building rapport in an easy way um, that people can relate with me all the time as I put myself out there too, because a lot of it is you putting yourself out there and starting conversations that more than asking other people about them, you kind of start having to find a common ground between people and building those relationships from the ground up is really what helped me get into insurance in the first place. I did serving for about a year and then I came across an opportunity to just answer the phone at a at an insurance agency. And at the time I was like, mm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm making really good money here uh, doing what I'm doing four times a week, you know, but deep down I knew I wanted to do something that was more, went more with who I am. Right. You know, I like more a formal setting and I take pride in the things that I do and building relationships with people. So I knew it had to be something related to sales. I took whatever came my way and I started with the Allstate uh, agency back then, just answering phones. And it really just took off from there. I, I was really good with people. They offered to just get me licensed and see where it would take us and you know, one thing led to another and from one agency to another, I came down to Miami from St. Petersburg and I've been just doing insurance since then and really focusing on the personal lines portion of it. 
I love that. I love that. So at this point, what type of an agency are you independent agency uh, on, a, in a, on the independent side? Or are you, are you still with Allstate? Where are you at as far as? Uh, right now, I work under John Gold Insurance, which is a similar model to a lot of other corporations in the industry. Um, with them, I had not only a report from back in the day when we worked under the same corporation, but I also had knowledge of what they had done. So that was huge for me because I had a, pretty much a report card of what these people were able to do the past eight years yeah. before they contacted me. And that was great. Um, with John Galt, I wouldn't say it's the same as Allstate and State Farm because obviously we represent different carriers and we have a different dynamic. <clears throat> but it is a very different model in which you are also able to explore what works for you individually rather than just being imposed a certain way of just doing things and keeping it at that. And I like that because I think we all individually have, you know, things that we're really good at, other things that we're not, and hyper-focusing on how to do business and being too square about it without exploring other things that might go better with who we are as individuals, which in turn makes sales that much easier. Right. Because you're just being yourself. You know, a lot of people do not succeed in sales, whether it's insurance or selling a drink, just because it doesn't quite go well with who they are. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times it's not even about the product as it is about you obviously believing you're doing something good for somebody or the community. But also, you know, bringing in that personality and other aspects that make you unique from the next insurance agent, especially here in Florida with so many of them. I bet. Yeah, no. And I love that. So Florida is kind of its own market. You guys have had a lot of turmoil, a lot of chaos, a lot of craziness. Not to, That was before even the hurricanes hit this year. And now the hurricanes have hit this year as well down there or, or into 2022. We're now in 2023, technically. But um, so tell me a little bit about personal lines, how you really try to stand out in the industry, be unique, like you mentioned, and be able to really connect with your clients to be able to build that relationship. I think a lot of people, we get so busy. We, we, we're trying so hard to build a book. We're trying really hard to be able to make sure we connect. We're trying to network. We're trying to you know, uh, do all these different things and wear all these different hats that sometimes building that relationship can be challenging because we're just so scattered in so many different ways. And whenever we enter this hard market, it's like it's 10 times worse. Like I've got to have like five or I've, I've got to make sure I have my to-do list not too far from me because otherwise I totally forget because there's so many different things going on. And in your market and with what you're doing, how are you approaching that and how are you using that to your advantage? So I think being that I've been doing this for quite a while, you know, we I pretty much told you my whole story for my 20s and working in insurance. Um, it it allowed me to, to have a very strong foundation for what started happening, you know, when COVID started and you know, all these different things that were happening along with the challenges in the market, I had what I considered a pretty good foundation in trust between the people that I had been working with and the people that were sending me business. So a lot of it comes from, in my opinion, not make it worse for yourself by trying to sell all the products at once and try and talk to all kinds of people at once. I think it's 
if you sit down and create a strategy around the products that are doing better in your market, in your city, in your state, also look at your core network as it stands today and see how that can help you, you know, build a clientele out of that or even just get introductions to new people, how you can cater your products and to those to that specific audience. So again, one of the best things for me doing what I'm doing right now with John Gold and building my own book of business is that I've been able to try different things, right? But at the same time, it's all the same core values of spending enough time talking to people from the get-go. If you are building a business out of just transaction after transaction and not really taking the time to make the other person feel even human in a world where we are trying to be replaced by machines and buy it online and all that, People really do crave that connection that you get with somebody mm-hmm. who's essentially getting a lot of <clears throat> a lot of information, basic background on your lifestyle. At least for me, I try and get so much into who they are and what they need that that's really what builds the foundation to have a long-term relationship. If people are just treating the insurance policies as just making bread and, you know, just delivering it right away and that's it it's it's what i feel has been more more challenging for a lot of the other agents that did not take the time to even remember their client or simply just focus on building the business around other uh professionals in the sphere whether that's a real estate agent or a mortgage broker which right now are really feeling the changes in the market per se and and diversifying the people who you talk to and not just thinking, well, this person can never give me a lead. I think everybody has the potential to give tons of referrals. Yes. If you can find a common ground to relate to them and build a genuine relationship before you even ask anything out of them. Right. Once you've built and taken the time and you start having a sales process where you know you have to invest a little bit more time, answer more questions, write longer emails, that is going to create this cushion that people remember when the hard times come. When that policy increases, they can go back and look at your name and they can remember who you are. They can have a trail document of what you've been doing for them over the years, when you were able to save them money, when you were able to diversify the risk and make it better for them. All those things they remember, but a lot of agents, especially in Florida, they don't take the time to build those relationships to have their customers even remember who they are. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people. We run across that a lot where a lot of people call us. They're like, I don't even know who my agent is. Like not not for our agency, but like from another agency. We're like, where are you currently insured? And they're like, mm-hmm. I don't even know. Like, you know, I know I'm with whatever carrier maybe, but they don't know who the agent is. They don't know. They have to go look it up or whatever, you know, kind of thing. And we hear that a lot. And, um, you know, we get on out there and we're like, so where are you, where are you shopping for your, shopping your insurance today? What, you know, what are your biggest pain points? How can we help you? And a lot of them are like, I don't even know my agent. I don't even know what they're doing for me, what they're not doing for me. I've not heard from them, um, you know, whatever. And, um, and we try to make sure on our end too, that we are very, we maintain that conversation long-term because having that great conversation at the very beginning, sometimes people do though have a little bit of short-term memory. And I love what you said about, 
more detail in your in your emails even and more detail in your conversations and going into an education-based platform where you really take it from an educational standpoint. I think people then do remember you long-term. And then whenever you reach on out by email or by phone down the road, they know who you are rather than, I'm sorry, what's going on? I don't know. And how do you, what do you specifically do to be able to really connect? Like, I think a lot of people think they maybe are connecting, but they aren't because they aren't listening. They aren't really talking to the client. What do you do to try to go out of your way to really connect and build that relationship? So my business has been mostly built out of referrals. So coming from the referral, if you get a referral, the first thing you want to do is learn as much as you can about this prospect through the referral source. Right. That's that's step number one. Without being invasive, we're just doing it in a way where already the referral source is trusting you. So you have that space to ask a little bit more. Do you have any information? You can find what the struggle is, what they're upset about, and that can help you set up the entire conversation before you even talk to them. And again, I emphasize a lot on this bringing who you are, because a lot of uh, people are transparency and the feeling of transparency is very long lasting. And mm-hmm. even through the phone or through emails, somehow we're built in a way where we can kind of sense when there is no full transparency or the other person might be lacking extensive answers to what they feel they need because I took a actually John Gold had us took different tests and personality tests and all that that went a long way because I learned the way that I like to communicate which allows me to present this particular way to the type of clientele that enjoys it so if I like to go into details if I like to if I don't mind you know, documenting everything in an email because I can forget about it and I know that I can rely on that email for whatever we discuss and all that. I don't mind it. And that goes really well with the type of client that needs a lot of elaboration and that needs to know a lot of the details and that wants, wants transparency and all that. Transparency builds the connection between people, whether mm-hmm. it's in relationships and friendships and in this case in sales you want to be transparent and you want to tell them what i tell them is i want to learn what the situation is what your priorities are you know i want to learn whether you are a person that has in the case of my clients do you have um you know are you in a place where you have enough savings to afford high deductibles so we can just straight on go to the high deductibles and the type of product that is aligned for you when people start feeling oh, okay this is for me this is this product and this review is for me that's when people say you know this person is taking their time to care enough about yeah. my situation the products that I need even if I don't close with with them they usually send me referrals and a lot yeah. of the time even agent or record changes can happen um even though I funny enough I try to uh, refrain from those just because I don't know, in a karma a karmic way, I'm like, if it's not necessary, why do it if I can offer something, something else? But the foundation for me would be asking straightforward questions as if, you know, with the confidence that you're just looking for the best for this particular person or for the family and having the confidence that you've selected those two, three markets that you can be the strongest at 
to have really deep conversations about them. Yeah. Because if you don't, you know, learning about all the products that we represent as independent agents, it's it's impossible. Right. I mean, we have and they change constantly land. too. Yeah, and they change constantly. So and they change constantly. Yeah. So being able to have those two, three markets, in my case, home auto liability that I focus on, allows me to dive even deeper into these different topics and things that I can bring to the table and conversations that I can have that I know other agents are not having. You know, domestic uh, employees, nannies, these conversations usually are not as, even when they the insurance agent knows that this person has financial means for that. Right. And that is not too far-fetched for, you know, the a standard family in South Florida. Yeah, so yeah. The more you niche down, in my opinion, the more you niche down, the more you select those products that you know you 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 can learn about constantly. You don't mind a lot selling it. It's profitable because right. you don't want to sell things that are easy to sell if they're just not profitable. You know, you want to be strategic in terms of those three, four lines of business that you want to focus on. And learn as much as you can mm. because people like to have conversation. I think we all have come to like the digital age thinking that people are connecting through text and through um, emails. And to be honest, the strongest relationships I have, whether it's relationships with people that send me business or the insured itself, is people that I've taken the time to talk to long. And, and, and we go into details in terms of what their experience has been. And the more you listen, the more you can strategize your next call. If they tell you my agent did this, 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 and that, I just sit back and I take notes and I make sure that those things are not a situation for me in the future. And it's just about listening and making it about them, not mm -hmm. necessarily about you. Now, do you focus on, um, you talk about niching even within your network. Um, um, and I believe that you are focusing more on the high net worth, right? Is yes. that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, and I love that because you are asking those a little bit deeper questions, like you mentioned, household employees, uh, other types of coverages as far as, um, you know, jewelry collectibles first, things that they want to make sure that they have uh, insured, as well as your liability policies with your umbrella and so forth. So you're able to put together a really great little package for them. And really, and I mean, and people who are high net worth too, how do you how do you focus your presentations towards high net worth? I think, and I think I know the answer. I think you've already said it multiple times. I just want to make sure that our listeners today really, really, really get this point that especially if we want to focus on on a specific niche of people, um, say high net worth, that you are doing what to be able to specifically target them. Because I love the fact that what you said is you're not going for the low-hanging fruit. You're not going for the one-offs. You're going for the package. You're going for the, the risk manager consultation. You're really going for that in-depth process. So how do you connect with them differently for them being high net worth? How do you connect with high? I think high net worth can be scary for some people. Yes. Even though, you know, every state and every city is going to have different variations of high net worth, high right. value and, and high profile. You can have high profile people in Florida and in South Florida that are not necessarily high value and vice versa. Right. But the way of connecting is, you know, it, people with money are used to paying for things. 
-hmm. but they're used to just being usually offered the most expensive thing right off the bat without caring about their particular need or or what they want a lot of the times and opportunities wasted because we don't consider what they want and we'd rather give them what we think they need you know and when i started doing more high net worth i started realizing okay why are these people buying policies uh, with things that are ne- unnecessary for them, if that money can be allocated to things that are definitely necessary for them. Um, a lot of them are neglecting things like jewelry and all that, where that mm-hmm. money, if you put together a nice homeowner and auto package, you might find the funds there to get that done or to even endorse it in. So to me, the key is taking the time to build a relationship. If you are dealing with too many clients a day, it's impossible, even for the best agent, with the most knowledge, with all the licenses and all the education to carry that many conversations. It's exhausting and you're not going to be able to give the best from you. If you're burnt out, your conversations are not going to come across as as pleasure for anybody, let alone for somebody who's going to be paying so much money for insurance. Correct. Another big thing, and a lot of people ask me this, so I always say it, is you have to get to a point where you cannot project your own financial mm. situation or your own financial goals versus what other people have, and especially in Florida where people have a lot of money. So a lot of agents that have asked me before, so how, how can I do this? And how can I have this conversation? Well, you need to have different thinking and mindset about money to begin with and what you would do with that type of money is also going to reflect what you think other people are doing with that type of money. Yeah. A lot of people do care about protecting their assets are super organized with their money. Um, That's why you want to make connections with people that are organizing people's money and people that play a big role in the decision-making of this high profile or high net worth people. You know, a lot of high net worth people would never be high profile. They're just everyday people that wear everyday clothes and you would never know how much money they have. But those are the people that value that transparency the most. They value your time. They value that you took the time versus the person yes. next to us that is just saying, send me this by email and I'll send you a quote. You know, people like to talk about themselves. So a little bit of psychology in that is that the majority of us enjoy talking a lot about ourselves and what greater tool for us than letting the client tell us everything about themselves because then we can tailor something for them and emphasize what they need and not necessarily sell something that is packaged because that's the way that we learned it at whatever last agency or that's the experience we've had. We have more than ever the ability to really sit down and create that avatar of client that you want Mm. and what that person does on the everyday basis, how they behave are going to dictate your marketing efforts. So if the person that you want to go after, you know, they're usually at a golf place, then what efforts can you make towards being around that type of client, you know? Everything is based on perception. So in high net worth, it starts with your perception and your thoughts behind money. Yeah, I, I think a lot of that you're going to project if you if you're the type of person that grew up thinking money is the root of all evil and this and that, then you're going to project some weird energy between mm-hmm. you and the people that have money. Yeah. If you are in a more abundant mindset 
And if you also realize that the more you, you know, merge with these people, the more opportunity you have to make bigger um, businesses and policies, the less you're going to think that money is evil just because it flows easier. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's, let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia, we saw his operation, and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at Virtual Intel, that's with two L's, that's virtualintell.com. Go check us out, see what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency, and you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, recruiting, recreating, trying to find processes. Just, there's so much stuff, I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel, cast certified. Right. Right. So, and I agree with that because you are also attracting like-minded people because we put off and I love how you put it because we subconsciously we have personal beliefs, right. That, that aren't necessarily a, a part of our job, but we bring them in because of the fact that they are a part of who we are. But with that, sometimes we can say, just, you know, maybe we could approach a, a, a quote in a, in a different way. Maybe we could just, you know, uh, like you said, I love the idea of the mindset of abundance because, and somebody once told me, don't think for other people. And I love that because for me to sit back and say, oh, you know, when I was a single mom and, and my kids were at home and my finances were much different than they are today, if somebody talked to me differently based on those types of situations, or if I put that off, I would have changed my career. And um, I think that we as salespeople, we need to make sure we check our personal biases at the door because we're here to serve the client. This isn't about us. We don't need to think for other people. And I love that. I used to have it up on the dry erase board, like right above my, my desk. And it would just say, don't think for other people. So I've really focused on with my team, being very explicit about don't think for them, give them options and say, these are your options, right? And then say, this is my recommendation and why this is my recommendation. It is like you say, a little bit more lengthy, but we want them to know we're shopping for them. We want them to know we're their advocate. We want them to know we're making an educated decision because they're the ones who have to think for themselves. And for us to only do bloop, one done, transactional, we're not being able to really approach the sales process from that perspective. So I love that. How did you, how do you do that? Like, how do you get yourself in that mindset? Because not everybody comes from that kind of a background. I didn't come from that kind of a background at all. Like I come from very humble beginnings. I just think that, you know, when we see money as 
it's over us rather than in front of us, we're going to shy away from being who we are because money is quote unquote over us. And that's the same with people that have money. We kind of like dehumanize them thinking that they, they don't have the same life and they don't have the same responsibilities that the majority do. So right. when you can start a conversation with a person that has a lot of money and you don't act like this person has a lot of money, that puts you in a great place because this person already knows, oh, this person is just not seeing me as a dollar sign. He's just another individual trying to help me out. A lot of it is, is, you know, I like psychology. I like to think that we are energy and that's why we connect and all that. And I put that to work in my business because I think that you can attract whatever type of client you want Mm -hmm. fairly quickly. (laughs) If you are clear in terms of who that client is, what they do on the everyday basis, how they get business. Because if you can find out how your ideal client gets business and make a good introduction to that person, then that's your next client. Right. If you really sit down and you are um, intentional and and you enjoy, I enjoy the process of sitting down and seeing would this work, would this not work? Let me try this out. Not everything works. Not not everybody clicks the same way. Right. But when you are not looking at somebody as, this person means this amount of premium on a policy rather than this person can mean a lot of other clients that I meet in the future. Maybe you don't get the money from them, but maybe this person can be your, you know, best marketing tool the next yeah. year. You know, when you look at people just as they are in the same level, you know, obviously with a lot of respect for those who have high education or people that I highly respected. I have some people that have political positions and stuff like that. So obviously we have to behave in a way that represents us well. But at the same time, these people are just people and yep. they want to be cared for. They want to feel like they have somebody looking after them. They don't, we have this perception. They don't want to hear from the agent or they don't want to hear about their insurance. On the contrary, the more you throw at them, the more they feel that they have control over these things that are happening with their policies, with their home. Even if they just read it in this regard, you're at top of mind. It's just treating them like that. And also, we go back to how you feel about yourself and, and you know what your goals are. If your goals are to improve your income, like that has been my goal, then I focus on also being around people that were making a lot of income. and finding out how they're making income and sitting down and taking notes and not coming across as I'm just this insurance insurance agent. I'm just, you know, a woman who's trying to learn and trying different things and, you know, always telling people throw anything at me because I just want to learn, you know, you can take and and not take whatever you want, but you always want to be learning because most of the time, even your clients would be the ones to give you ideas for business to, connect you to other individuals because in the conversation you took the time to have with them, they realize, oh man, I can introduce you to this person or the other. A lot of people would focus on, yeah, that takes a lot of time. But for me, it's actually less time because I end up dealing with three, four clients a day max. Everything is scheduled ahead. So I have a lot of control in my time. And when I do deal with them, I can sit down and get things done for them in one sitting. Yeah. Whether that's sending forms, getting accords ready, you know, I'm not jumping from one place to the other. Versus if you're building a business in which you're focusing on doing 
20 policies a day, one, it's very difficult to be an expert and do 20 policies a day. Yep. And two, you're wasting the potential of those 20 different people that you talk to if you're not focusing on other lines of business that you can sell to them, like that can potentially balance out the relationship a little because we want to be great, but we cannot be great for everybody, and yeah. especially as we grow, you know? the standards that you set from the beginning have to be maintained as your book of business grows. And that's a huge responsibility because you don't want to sell your time in the beginning and then not have time for them two, three years later, which yeah. is what's happening now. We have to do a lot of retention, but that's why those conversations and taking the 30 minutes in the beginning really just puts you in such a good position for the rest of the time, because then you can even ask them for additional time. Hey, I know we said we were going to get together about the renewal this time. Can I, I need another three days. Can we connect this day? You've already invested so much time on this client that he's not going to have an issue. He's not going to go shopping you around. He's not going to feel like you're ignoring him. So it's saving you long-term time and money. Yeah. And especially because they will be the ones to contact you when they get a renewal that is 30% higher and say, oh, what happened here? Can we see what happens rather than... Well, I haven't heard from Catherine in like a year and a half. Might as well just start shopping around because right. you haven't contacted me either. So 30 minutes and 40 minutes are not much, especially when you organize yourself well, because you okay. can ask all the right questions in one sitting. You don't have to do a lot of back and forth. They don't have the time to do a lot of back and forth, to be honest. A lot of times you get that high net worth person once, and that's with like two weeks advance because they're busy and, you know, they only have this certain amount of time to yep. do things. Um, so my, my main thing would be set up the type of client that you want to go after. Find out everything that this person does to generate business for their business as well as their everyday life. You know, a lot of people with money and a lot of people that do well are very health enthusiast you know like they do everything related to the gym and to the sports and this and that so if you know that's where the client is all you have to do is go and show up or network around those type of clients but you're not going to get there unless you have a clear vision of i want this type of client he has this type of household i want to do the home the auto the liability the jewelry i want everything once you have that clear, then you can create that strategy to go after mm -hmm. that precise client. And just like that, you start running into them. It just happens. I cannot explain how, but it just it starts happening. So how do you approach them for referrals and so forth? Because because high net worth, no high net worth, right? Like you yeah. said, you are you are the conglomeration of the top people that you hang around with, right? So high net worth people hang out with high network worth people. And I think we uh, sometimes are afraid to be able to ask them for referrals or we're afraid to be able to approach them to help build our business, right? I mean, and, and I've, I've gotten that from a lot of people that I've worked with. They're like, oh, well, but he's so busy. It took us a week and a half just to get this appointment put together. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine him like referring us out to other people because he's so in it, you know, focused in his own building of his own business or whatever it is that they do. How do you branch that with your clients and how do you build via referrals and so forth? Because that is a really the best way to be able to build a book. And it's also a 
really solid way to have really good conversations. And like you're saying, with your networking and your your building of your rapport with your clients, it is best to be able to do it by referral basis. So how do you approach that with your clients? First thing is to give them an amazing experience throughout the purchase. Once you give a great experience throughout the purchase, you are in a position where you can ask for more business which I would go after the cross sales before I would even consider getting referrals from that person because right. it's different when you work with one person on one line of business. But once you start incorporating other lines of business, you have more conversations. You've had more one-on-one time with this person. You've asked more personal questions about their lifestyle, who they have, if they have kids, if they're not married. All these things that really set up the foundation to get in a place and be like, hey, do you know anybody else that could benefit from an insurance? Um, professional like me or do you have any lawyers that you can introduce me to or any CPAs that you can introduce me to but you cannot do that if you've only spoken with the person via email or if you only you know said hi took the quote request quote unquote which I hate taking quote requests because I believe we shouldn't be taking those right. we should be running a whole analysis of what somebody needs whether for commercial or for personalized you want to set a time to even vet if this is the right client for you. Right. And that alone is going to start attracting the better clients too, because only the best people like to be vetted. They know they're going to pass. Right. So if people like that exclusivity, but you can only bring the exclusivity if you're also giving them exclusivity in your time and in your space. I'm very available for people. I, you know, text with them as well as, email them as well as call them. So by the time I ask for referrals, these people are no stranger to me. It's mm-hmm. been quite a while. I've made sure that the sale experience is pleasurable. And sometimes when there is mistakes, I don't get stuck on the mistake as much as showing them how I can fix things quickly and how things can be done proactively and how I'm looking out after them. And after they've had that firsthand experience, a lot of the times, you don't even have to ask them. They yeah. automatically just say, my brother, my sister, my mother-in-law, whoever it is, or the people at my office. I would say 80% after you really build the relationship, you don't have to ask for the referral because they'll be happy to give you a referral. And wow. even if they're so busy that they cannot remember, you will have so many touch points throughout the year because you've already learned that you know, you have to do an insurance review for the umbrella in the middle of the year, you touch base about the family is the perfect time to ask for a referral. But if you're not doing that, if you're just closing and forgetting about the client, you're the one losing the opportunity to get more lines of business, which to me is a priority before any other referrals. And the cross sales is really what's going to let you shine. It's going to let you show that you can handle multiple lines of business, that you can be on top of them, that you're proactive when a payment hasn't posted and when you have a team that answers the phone calls on time. Those things can put you in a place where you can really ask for a lot from people just because they felt they were taken care of, mm-hmm. they are you know, looked after, they're not being taken advantage of then they feel at a place where they can refer you. Everybody's going to be too scared to refer without having that first hand. Yeah, right. 
right? Because they want to be able, because whenever we make referrals, it's a reflection on us as human beings. So if we're referring somebody who we've had a really great experience with, especially consistently, then that opens us up to want to be able to refer them because we know that they're going to do what they say they're going to do. Exactly. But again, the time you invest in the beginning can be longer. But then once that client trusts you, he's not going to be blowing up your phone, blowing up your emails, taking your keys away during your work day, because, you know, we have some clients that can be a little bit more intense when you've already provided so much peace of mind and they know that they can just relax and, and let you do you. You are at a place where you can ask, hey. You know, I heard you talking about you and your brother uh, doing camping and doing these things. Do you think I can have an introduction to him? And you feel so much natural because you already genuinely built the relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah. The same thing with the networking efforts. You know, you have to build a relationship with the person. And then you're at a position where it even comes to you automatically when they're the ones happy to be at the venue and say, come here, I got to introduce you to somebody. Because you've already built. A lot of people ask without having given enough value. And mm-hmm. value can even come in get, doing an insurance review and not getting the business. I have a client who I, I've not been able to get because he has a really good rate with State Farm. But he refers me his daughters, his brother-in-law, everybody in his family. So time is the biggest investment and the one that pays most uh, return on investment. Exactly. I love that. I love that. So if people want to be able to make that transition, that shift, right, from being in an environment where maybe they are more transactional, how would you encourage another agent out there to be able to make that transition in an environment where they feel um, safe, right? Because it's scary to make big changes like that. How do you encourage people to be able to maybe even make small changes so that they can get where they want to go in their career? I would say start by, you know, introducing yourself differently to every new referral that you get and every new prospect, every new referral source is, you know, write down your new narrative per se, right? And in that narrative, just present yourself exactly as how you want to project yourself. And from that, start acting accordingly, meaning you do start spending more time with people when you meet them and try and find out more about them and remember the things about them because relationships are not built overnight. They take, I mean, a while to be built. And then on top of that, start taking care of your current book of business because you're sitting in in a lot of, you're sitting in gold. If you haven't been doing your best, but you have a good book of business, you are sitting in gold because you can have honest conversations with your clients about how you've come to the realization that you haven't been the best agent and now you want to be better. And now you're, you know, implementing all these changes in your office to be better for them and how you want to open the lines of communication via this line for text message or this one, or you can schedule time with me, you know, show your availability and start, you know, rebuilding the relationship with the people that you haven't even taken care of within the same book of business. Because that's a lot of, if you have a client who you've done a home for five years ago and you haven't touched base with them, you've lost five years of possible auto insurance renewals. You've lost the opportunity to know about their family and who can potentially become your client too, because families love referring each other. Um, so I would say, 
work on your new or your, how you want to present yourself 2023 and the type of client that you want. And at the same time, start treating your existing clients the way that you want to start treating the new one. And then your book of business will probably start transforming on its own because people are going to feel cared for. Right, right, exactly. I love that. I think that is wonderful. So, okay. So if you had one big message that you, and I think we've already really talked about this and just really honing it in, right? For brand new insurance agents out there that are just getting started. We talked about the maybe the established agents that want to make that transition, right? But for a brand new agent, what would be your advice for a brand new agent entering the insurance industry right now who's looking at this crazy hard market, who's saying, I don't know if I can do this. What advice would you have for them? I would say sit down and honestly look at your weaknesses, whether that is your, you know, turnaround for calls or for quotes or whether your weakness is networking. And once you've determined what those weaknesses are, really dive hard into them mm. to start working on them. Or, you know, find and hire people that are great at those weaknesses so that you can focus on the ones that you're pretty strong at. The other thing would be, yes, to look at your existing book of business and give it some love and, and see how it responds back to you. But I think that would be the main thing. And if you're brand new, brand new, you have the opportunity to really come in and make your business exactly the way that you want it from the get-go. So your narrative is going to be consistent from the beginning. This is my ideal client. This is what I can do for them. This is what I bring to the table. So for everybody, whether they're already in the business for a long time or they're just starting, there is opportunity. But you got to be honest in your weaknesses and you also have to work towards catering to that specific client that you want which is not necessarily something that you might know from your prior bonds or your current bonds. But if you are, especially if you're commission-based and you are relying on your business coming into you, then you definitely want to work on those weaknesses and either work on them and get better at them or outsource them so that you don't leave things on the table. And, you know, work internally on who we are as women and, and, really knowing that what we do is good for our community and for the people that we are serving and not seeing it as we're taking money from people. A lot of agents are in this industry at the same time, perpetuating the same message that people out there, some people believe, which is the agent just wants money. They're stealing from yeah. us. It's a rip off this and that, you know, you strip off that narrative and you really show people how you can make their lives easier the more money they have, the more complicated it is. So just show people how you can make it easier. And that alone is going to go a long way, along with the relationships. Yes, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Well, Catherine, you've been amazing. If people want to be able to reach out to you, connect with you specifically, maybe about this topic or something that maybe we didn't go deeper into that they uh, have questions about, how would you like for them to be able to reach out to you? Everybody can just reach out to me via Instagram or LinkedIn. Both are under Insure with Kat, K-A-T, at the end. And really, um, I want to connect with everybody and I want to build a bigger community with women who are doing just the things that I'm doing and I can learn from because I'm sure 
there's a lot of other women out there doing great things that I can benefit from. Definitely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today. You have been a joy. And I love I love having this type of conversation, especially in the hard market that we're in, in a transition that I know insurance is in it a lot and our economy is in across the board. And I love the fact that you are really focusing on value, relationships, people, because that's really where the longevity in this relationship with insurance and this industry is really going to be able to let you flourish. So congratulations to you. I'm so glad you have that, that in your... Uh, in your toolbox of, of, of concepts. And I think it's going to be really, really beneficial for you in the long run. And I'm excited for you to share it with our listeners today. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Thank you, Teresa. It was a pleasure. All right, everybody. Well, this has been another amazing episode of Power Women in Insurance. We've had the great uh, Insure with Kat with us today. Check her out on Instagram and or LinkedIn. And she would love to speak with you as well. But focus on that relationship. Focus on conversations. Focus on follow-up and delivering a really great experience. And the sky is the limit. Make sure that you do check us out every single week. We have a brand new episode every single Wednesday. We are on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts all over wherever you have your most exciting podcast experiences. That is exactly where we will be. Thanks, everybody, and have a really great week.